So this morning we are continuing our series on grief, uh, grieving well. And uh, each week we've had someone come up and share some of their reflections on grief. And so this morning Kim is going to come and share some about um, some of her reflections. Melody said she lowered it for me. I was thinking, would I even be seen over top of this? <laughs> Anyways, um, when I was asked if I would share about um, this topic, what I was asked to share about was um, how do I grow in wisdom in my grieving? And I'm going to share with you this morning. Oh, I said, my husband, I wouldn't cry, and I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to share with you this morning as a believer because that's how I've grieved, healthy, as a believer. Um, When I was asked, I put an outline down, and if you were to ask my sisters, I'm not an academic, but an outline came, and a title came, and, and and the Lord just poured into me the things I believe that he wanted me to say. And if I was to put a title on what I'm going to share with you today, it's called Invite Him In. Invite him in. And I've mulled this for about a month, and it's been a little difficult because I've had to go back over some feelings and things. And I really believe that the Lord has led me to tell you a little bit of history. I've got to give you a little bit of background first. And for those of you that don't know me, my sister Penny, who is three years younger than me, I will be 57 on December the 6th, and she will be, would have been 54 on December the 16th of this year, and she passed away in August of this year, August the 24th. So it's like three months since, and it's just hard to imagine that three months has come and gone. But I will tell you a bit of a history. I've learned that in my grieving, it started many years ago, to learn how to grieve with the Lord. And um, I come to know the Lord through the birth of our daughter, Erin, who is 35 years old. And at the time of her birth, I come to know the Lord. And that was the beginning of my grieving because she was oxygen-starved at birth and she was born with special needs and thus began our journey. I grieved deeply and hard because I was a brand new Christian and I did not have the promises of God dwelling richly within my heart to retrieve in the time of need. But I grieved hard because I spent a lot of time trying to fix things and make it better, not realizing that all I needed to do was invite him in And I slowly started to learn the process as I grew in my faith. And I think I grieved hard because I felt so inadequate. Can you imagine being a parent of a child, let alone a special needs child? I felt so inadequate. So I grieved hard because of my inadequacies. And I think of that time as a very desert time because I clung to the Lord. I dove into his word. I memorized it. I was in studies and I surrounded myself with women who knew the Lord to support me and encourage me. But mostly I spent time in the Word of God studying and memorizing. And those words that I hid in my heart over the years, the Lord has brought to my mind over and over and over again at a deeper and a deeper level every time I had an opportunity to either celebrate my life or grieve. Um, The next special person in my life that I grieved over was my grandma on my mother's side. She thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. 
She loved me unconditionally, and she just embraced me in every way. There's nothing like a grandma, let me tell you. They know how to love their grandchildren with a depth that um, is unique. I have two sons, Michael and Matthew. Um, in Michael's life, twice, he lost a dear friend at 16 years old and at 18 years old. One was died in a car accident on her way to school to a leadership course. The other one was coming home. They, we just celebrated graduation, and he was coming home, and he was T-boned by a drunk driver. So at the age of 16, my son suffered a great loss, and... Um, at that time, all I knew what to do was cling to the Word of God and to pray. I prayed for my son, that the Lord would help him to grieve and for us to heal. And then my other son, Matthew. Matthew lost a dear friend at the age of 16 also. A young man who was very close to us in our family. He came and spent times at the lake with us. He was my nephew's best friend, and Matthew looked up to him. Chad's dad was the, was the um, best man at our wedding, and I grew up with Gloria and knowing her family. We rented farm from them, um, the farmland, and, and so we knew this family dearly, and Chad died in a car accident hitting a moose on the way to visit a friend. And so my youngest son experienced grief again, and I experienced it again with him. And for a whole year, Matthew would not talk about it. We couldn't talk about it or anything. Mama didn't want to talk about it every time that I would think of a fond memory about Chad. And finally, one day in the car, I said to Matthew, I'm grieving too, son. And how I grieve is how I desire to grieve is healthy. And I, and I like to talk and think about them. And, uh, and I think he realized that he was grieving, but I was too that others around grieve differently, and that we need to give each other the room to grieve how we are able to grieve. And then my mother-in-law passed away two years ago this past October, my husband's mom, and we spent 13 days in the ICU with her, and it was a difficult time for our family. It was during the time that Penny was diagnosed with cancer four years ago and thus began the journey of grieving there too. I can't tell you if it's easier to grieve the loss of a loved one over a period of time or a sudden death. It all hurts. Um, I, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to wish that it would this or that. It's what we get. It's our life. And it's how we respond to it. When I was with Penny at a cancer clinic, Almost a year ago, I met this young lady, and this young lady's name is Monica. I didn't know her, but the Lord put such a deep love in my heart for her. I, I, just, I saw her, and I saw the agony in her heart. She was 51, and she had cancer. And I sat beside Monica, and I asked her, can I pray for you? And she just clung on to me, and we just prayed, and thus began a beautiful relationship. And I can tell you that it was only the love of God that he put in my heart for her because I, I just can't even begin to explain how much I loved this woman. And she passed away almost a month to the day after Penny did. So this grieving happens through our whole life and it happens in different ways, whether we lose a loved one or a job, our health, our relationships. It's all grief. But in amongst all of that grief is utter joy 
because in that time I had two grandbabies. And in that time, I spent quality time with my family. And I was able to just be a blessing to my sister and, and meet her needs whenever I could. I, I can't even tell you how many times I traveled back to Saskatchewan and just to be with her and minister to her needs. didn't matter what it was, but just to be there and be a blessing. In this time, I read two books. These are books that I had bought over the years and never had the opportunity to read, and they just came at the perfect time. And so did Our Lady's Bible Study. All those things that I learned over the last four years, again, were just deeper levels of understanding of those truths I hid in my heart many years ago. The one book was called It's Not About Me. And um, that hit me hard in a way because it's so true. We think we know what it means, but I don't know sometimes if that comes from here down to here until we really have an, an, a time in our lives when, when I, I don't want to call it crises, but when, it's, when we're just so desiring to reach out to God because our heart is breaking. And I realized that we have a purpose on this earth for me. I'm telling you from my perspective as a believer that I believe that one of the purposes why I am here is the furtherance of the gospel. It's simple. That's it. And the other purpose is to build my relationship with God and that ripples to other people, people around me, people that he've placed in my life, like Monica. Hey, That was just the unique Thing. I don't know what I was supposed to do or how I was supposed to do it. All I knew was I needed just to be available, and the Lord did the rest. We laughed, we sang, we did devotions, we prayed. We had such a wonderful time together of just building each other up and encouraging each other. So the furtherance of the gospel and building my relationship with him and others and realizing that it is all about him. And so I asked myself, how do I do those things? I can say those things to you, but practically, how did those things come to pass? First and foremost, it was my salvation. To grieve as a believer, I have to know him. Not about him, but I have to know him. It's like a Christmas time getting that present. and Somebody hands you this precious gift. We can either choose to put it on the shelf and appreciate it from afar, or we can unwrap it and we can robe ourselves in it and we can enjoy the fullness of all that that gift has to offer. And we say the creed here, and I believe those words. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sins, and that if I was the only one, he would have done it just for me. I believe that my, my, my righteousness is as filthy rags, but I meant everything to him, and I still do. And that salvation is the place I start. And I also want you to know that he does not just want to be your eternal Savior. He wants to be your Savior in every part of your life. That's whether you are in joy or whether you are in crisis, whether you are in sorrow and pain, or whether you are just coasting, hmm. or whether you are just bored, or whatever part of your life. He wants to be the Savior of your life in every area. And that's where we get to invite him in, because he's a gentleman. He says that he stands at the door and he knocks. He stands there, guys. He's not a dictator. He doesn't barge through and push himself onto you. 
He is a faithful God who stands patiently and waits for us to open that door and invite him in as our Savior and as the Savior of our life in every area. As you age, as you hurt, as you sing praise, every area he wants to. Um, When we were going through Penny's time of cancer, we came to a place and... It was a turning point, and the turning point was that we would love the healer more than the healing. You know, that was just that was just a mind changer for me. I thought I loved him, and we prayed so hard for her healing. But then there was a time of peace and of submission that we would love the healer more than the healer, that despite our circumstances and the hardness of our time, that we would look to him and he would be the one we would see, not the circumstances. And in that, we could experience a joy that's unexplainable. We couldn't explain it, the peace that we felt, the love that we felt for one another and the time that we shared together. And we grew deeper in our relationship with him, and it was a precious time. The next thing that I would say after my salvation is the Word of God. All those scripture verses that I hid in my heart many years ago, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind and reminded me again and again, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm enough. You know, he says he'll put my feet on solid ground, and I trust him for that. He tells me that... that um, My faith is the assurance of things to come, the conviction of things unseen, and without faith it's impossible to please God. This faith that he gives me is even from him, I believe. And as I lean into him and I invite him into every part of my life, I get to experience a deeper level of love that he has for me and provision, and I get to experience his presence, his presence. And I get to learn to love the healer more than the healing. And um, in realizing it, it's not about me. It puts things into perspective a bit as to our time on this earth. You know, it's so short in comparison to all of eternity. And this time that we have in building our relationship with God and for the furtherance of the gospel... I get to spend time in his word memorizing it and reading it and counting on it because he gave it to me for a gift, not for him. He didn't need it. He knew who he was and is. I needed it. And so to clothe myself in that gift, to clothe myself in that gift and count on it. There's a scripture verse that came to me the other day when I was doing my time of devotions. It says from Psalm 130, verse 5, I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. Because I believe God is faithful. I believe he is sovereign. I believe he is good. I believe he has my best at heart. And I believe that no matter my circumstances, he will never change. And that I can count on. Because my circumstances will come and go. And I did not tell you that history so that you would ever feel sorry for me because I have a beautiful life. I love the life that the Lord God has given to me. He has enriched me with people and blessings and above all his presence. That I am truly thankful for. 
The other thing that I have learned is prayer. Oh my goodness, the word. Penny was my prayer warrior. In anything, I have these people that I would go to, and, and I would go to my husband, I'd go to my sister, and I'd go to my whole family, and we would pray. But Penny was the first on my list for prayer. She was my prayer warrior for Aaron, every part of Aaron's life, and it's been a struggle over the years. But she was my prayer warrior, and even though she's in the presence of the Lord right now, I believe those prayers she prayed for us many times over the years are still at work. The prayers of the righteous avail much. So I went to my godly sister, my Mary. She was Mary while I was running around being Martha. And she was my, I looked up to her. She was my godly example. And I think I became more like her in certain ways. And I yearned for that, that I could just sit at the feet of the Savior and trust him for everything. But prayer... Prayer is my opportunity and my place where I can pray the word of God back and remind not only God of his promises, I know he doesn't forget, but to remind me and to solidify them and take them from here and put them in here and make them a part of my whole being. I just don't want to know about God, though. I want to know God. I want to know the fullness of all that he has won for me on the cross, and I want to walk in it. And how will I ever know that unless I'm in the Word of God? And as the Word of God is implanted in my heart, the Holy Spirit is able to bring that Word to me at the time of need. Because if you don't have it hidden in you, how can He bring it to you? You know? So I remember many years ago, I would have all these little recipe cards stuck. And at the mirror, at the fridge, everywhere. And that was my reminder. And you go in my... Bible and it's black and blue because it has been written in and it has been pointed at and it has been, you know, memorized and, and, and highlighted and, and I can't give this book up because it means so much to me, although it's falling apart and the binding needs to be fixed. But everywhere in there it shows my walk and the times that I've cried out to God and the times that he's shown me his promises and the times that he brought them to fruition. And the scripture verse that best describes me is a verse that the Lord brought to my heart many years ago, and it's, be still and know that I am God. I needed to know to be still, and I needed to learn to know who God is. It's not about us, it's about him. Circumstances, even difficult ones, never change who he is. The realization that when suffering comes, because it will come, and he's not Santa Claus and going to grant our every wish when we ask for it. Sometimes there's lessons to be learned and they take a while, but he is faithful. And he will continue to walk alongside us. And um, sometimes he just needs to hold us and, and invite him in. I welcome you to invite him in to every circumstances. Because he promises that I will be equipped for every good work. And I decided a while ago when we first had children that I wanted to be an active participant in the raising of these children because at the end of the day, they truly belong to him. And God, I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I want to be actively involved. And how I was actively involved was inviting him in, reading his word, learning more about him, and prayer. And the beautiful thing of it is, is that we get to choose. We get to choose 
if we're going to invite him into our life in salvation, for salvation or if we're going to choose to invite him into our life in every circumstances, he will not plow the door down. We have a choice. We can choose to live with him or we can choose to live without him. So I encourage you to invite him in to your healing, to your circumstances, and to your joys. And if you are grieving, invite him in so that he can help you to heal healthy. I still cry at the most inopportune times, in the middle of a grocery store or driving down the highway when a memory or song comes, and I welcome them and I embrace them and I invite the Lord into those moments and I say, Father, Father, can I just climb up on your lap for a moment? Can you just hold me and help me grieve healthy? You see, despair cannot thrive or survive when we are in close fellowship with God. Choose him. Choose hope. Invite him in. I'm going to end with a poem. It's a song. I'm not going to sing it because I'll never, I would never get through it and just listening to it, it would just be too much. But I'm going to say it like a poem. And it's the song we walked in to Penny's funeral. And by the way, her funeral was a testimony of God's faithfulness, his love, and her love for him. And we had, she passed away on the 24th. She was, her funeral was on the 26th. We had two days. And I'm thinking that church was pretty stinking full with about 300 people. And that's not even the people that would have driven for miles to come. Dear friend of the family flew from Victoria, came to the funeral and left to pay his respects to a godly woman. And believe me, God was lifted up that day. It was not about Penny. It was all about him. And the song we walked into says it all. It says, and it was, it's by Chris Rice. I encourage you to listen to it. It says, come to Jesus. Weak and wounded sinner, lost and left to die. Oh, raise your head, for love is passing by. And I can imagine Jesus walking through the streets and lifting up your head and seeing the Savior. And it says, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and live. Now your burden's lifted and carried far away, and precious blood has washed away your stain. So sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus and live. And like a newborn baby, don't be afraid to crawl. And remember when you walk, sometimes you fall. So fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus and live. Sometimes the way is lonely and steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus and live. Oh, when the love spills over and music fills the night and when you can't contain your joy inside, then dance with Jesus. Dance with Jesus and live. And when your final heartbeat, kiss this world goodbye, then go in peace and laugh on glory's side and fly to Jesus. Fly to Jesus and live. I believe that my sister, the moment she took her last breath, and it could have been a terrible death, but the Lord was merciful and she passed away in her sleep. And I believe that moment she took her last breath, she was in the presence of the Lord. And I don't believe she's at rest at all. 
only her body that's in the ground. I believe she's singing and she's dancing and she's worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because there is none higher. And I believe she is embracing loved ones and I think she's probably in the nursery somewhere because she loves children. And so I know that my sister is not lost. She is found in him. She is found in him. And so I encourage you, I encourage you that you just don't put him on a shelf and look at him and just know about him. I encourage you to open that gift and make him the center and Lord of your life for forgiveness of sin and salvation and invite him into every part of your life and allow him to deepen that relationship and equip you and prepare you for the life and the purposes that he's given to you on this earth, the furtherance of the gospel, getting to know him for who he is and all that he is, and rippling to the people that he's placed in your life around you. So that's all there is. Thank you. So I have this, I've been studying uh, Job this week, and if you would like to hear more about that, look in the bulletin, you can come talk with me. But I think maybe we'll just stop here today. Um, I don't know if anybody has anything you wanted to respond to Kim. Any questions or any, just from what you've heard.